This morning, would you open your heart as I share with you for the next 20 minutes what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to all of us. And this morning, I want to preach on the thought, I just can't get over this. I just can't get over this. Would you shout that with me? I just can't. Come on, shout it real loud. I just cannot get over this. Lord, add the blessing to the preaching of your word. And the church said a great big, amen. Let's tune our hearts and ears open to the word of God this morning. Let's not get distracted because I believe that the Lord has something for you to hear this morning. I just can't get over this. We all have something in common this morning. We all have a past. All of us have said things. We've all did things that we wish we could go back and change. No matter how righteous you may feel this morning, all of us have something that we wish we could go back and change. We all have a past. We all deal with struggles. We all deal with internal issues. For some of you, you deal with pain differently. Some of you are okay this morning. Some of you have learned how to pass the pain. Some of you have learned how to push out the pain. And some of you have learned to pull in the pain. All of us struggle. All of us have issues. I'll be the first to admit, I have a lot of issues. I'm broken just like you are. I've learned one thing in life that sometimes it's just hard to get over the issues of life. Things have been said. Situations have occurred. Sometimes it's just hard for us to get over. And there are people that will tell us, you just need to get over it. And you know, there is some truth to that. We do need to get over some things. That's true. You can't live your life in the past. You've got to learn how to forgive. That doesn't mean you're going to forget. Jesus never said that you should forgive and forget. Jesus did say you should forgive and let go of the pain. But your mind is a computer. It doesn't, and this computer don't have a delete button. So we all struggle with things. And we should get over things, but literally, sometimes that's just hard. And sometimes it takes us longer than other people to get over things. Sometimes the pain is so deep that we just can't get over things. We can't just snap our fingers and be okay. It just don't work that way. I wish it did, but it don't. Because we are a complex person. We're composed of emotions. We have a mind. We have a will. And sometimes we lose sleep at night because we rehearse and go through the Rolodex of our mind of all the things that happened to us and all the things that we have done that we wish we could have changed. And now as a preacher, 
I've studied the scriptures for years and there are lots of things I still don't understand. But I do know this, is that it is possible for the devil, because you do have an enemy today. And I'm not trying to blame everything on the devil, but I do want to say this, because I do believe it holds a lot of truth. The devil wants you to feel shameful and guilty over some things that was never your fault. And that's the first thing that you got to realize. There are some things that happened to you that wasn't your fault. And the enemy will plague your mind and your heart and make you feel guilty over things that wasn't even your fault. And you will live years and years and years under guilt and condemnation and shame over something that was done to you that you had no control over. And this morning, I've come to tell you something from the Lord, is that you don't need to carry the guilt of that any longer. You don't need to carry the shame of that any longer. That is not your responsibility. You're not responsible for what people have done to you. Can I hear an amen this morning? You're not responsible for what people have done to you. And the enemy will make you feel guilty. The enemy will make you feel shameful. The enemy will make you feel condemned and degraded over something that was done to you that you had no control over. And the Bible calls that false guilt. It's false. You have no control over it. It happened to you. It made you feel dirty. It made you feel shameful. It messed up your mind, but you're not responsible for it. They did it to you. And you're not responsible for what people do. You're just responsible for your own life. And the Bible calls that false guilt. There's a second feeling that all of us wrestle with, and that's what we call, it's what we call worldly guilt or sorrow. Now, what is that? World, there's, there's, the first one is called false guilt. That's carrying something that you should not carry. It happened to you. You're not responsible for what people have done to you. The second one, the second feeling that we wrestle with is called worldly sorrow or guilt. That simply means this. I did something. I did something that I'm responsible for, I got caught, and I'm sorry for it. And I feel bad about it. But yet in this phase, we don't change. We keep doing the same thing. Oh, yeah, we feel guilty. We'll, we, we even may cry. We feel shameful. As a matter of fact, we tell ourselves we'll never do it again. But yet you continue to do it. And you feel shameful and guilty over it. You know you've done it. That's what we call worldly guilt. And the scripture says, Paul said, worldly guilt, worldly sorrow leads to death. If there's no change, if the cycle is not broken, it leads to death. The last one is what we call godly sorrow or godly guilt. Godly sorrow and godly guilt is this. I've messed up. I admit I did it. But I don't want to live that way any longer, and I'm going to change. I'm going to run to Jesus. 
You see, because worldly sorrow, worldly guilt runs away from Jesus. You tuck your head and you run away in guilt because you're very sorry for what you've done and you don't want to stand before the Lord. But you don't change. But godly sorrow is when you run to the Lord and you say, I have sinned. I have messed up. I can't help myself. And since I can't help myself, I run to you. And the Bible says that godly sorrow leads to life. One leads to death because you're trying to fix yourself. While the other one leads to life because you're running to life. When you run to life, you find the answers. When you try to fix yourself, it leads to death. You see, all of us struggle. All of us have issues. All of us are broken. You may have issues I don't have and I don't struggle with. And I may have issues that you don't struggle with. We all have issues and problems. Even the righteous person among us who looks so holy and your Bible is really big and you're Pentecostal proud, you still struggle with something. There's still a struggle on the each of us. We all struggle. And it really depends on what you do with your struggle. It depends on what you do in your mess. It depends on what you do with the sorrow that you feel. Number one, it's called the false guilt. Some of us feel guilty and sorry over things that was done to us that we had no control over. Don't carry that guilt any longer. Don't carry the sorrow any longer. Don't carry the pain of your past any longer. You're not responsible for what they did. Don't carry the false guilt. The enemy wants to trick you and make it you feel like it's your fault when it's not your fault. Be released of that in Jesus' name. Number two, it's the worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow leads to death. That's the sorrow. Yes, I know I did it. Yes, I know I'm struggling. I run away from the Lord and I don't really change. Then the third feeling is called godly sorrow. That leads to life. That says the same thing. I got caught. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. But now I've changed my direction. I run to Jesus. I run to Jesus in my sin. I run to Jesus in my addiction. I run to Jesus in my struggle. I run to Jesus in my confusion. I run to Jesus in my heartbreak. I run to Jesus in my struggle. I run to Jesus in my brokenness. I don't run away from him. I run to him. And the Bible says that leads to life. Oh, all of us can say, listen, no use to going to church. It don't work. It don't work. It doesn't work if you're just having worldly sorrow. Why don't you change your mindset from, I've messed up, I'll never do better. But why can't you change your mindset to say, I have messed up. And I am not the person that I should be yet. Can you, can you, change, can you change your perspective to say, 
I'm not the person I need to be yet, but I am under construction. (laughs) I'm under construction. I am under construction. And it's just like the potter molds the piece of clay. The Bible says the clay, Jeremiah 18.1, is marred. The clay is faulty. But what does the potter do? He works it in his hands. Can I tell you something? Everything's going to be okay as long as you stay in his hands. It's all going to be all right if you stay in his hands. It doesn't matter the brokenness. Just stay in his hands. See, pastor, I don't know if I could ever do better. Just stay on the potter's wheel and stay in his hands. It doesn't matter how marred you are, how broken you are, how disfigured you are. Stay on the potter's wheel because that's the best place. The best place to be is in his hands. Hallelujah. And the devil has come to some of you to deceive you and to tell you that your life is not worth living any longer. You're too messed up. You're too hopeless. But I got the greatest news that was ever given to humanity. The greatest news that was ever given. I have the privilege to tell it every week. That cross over there is the greatest sign of love ever given to humanity. He has not come to condemn us. He has come to give us life. We have passed from death unto life because we know His Son, Jesus Christ. And I want to let you know something. I'm going to close with this. As the potter takes that marred piece of clay and forms it, even though it's messed up, he forms it into His image. Not only do you got to stay on His hands and in His hands, but number two, listen to Pastor. When the potter makes that piece of clay, that potter has a vision of what that piece of clay should look like. It don't look like that now. It's messed up. That piece of clay looks like just a lump. It doesn't look like much. But as that piece of clay is on the potter's wheel in his hands, that potter has a vision of what that thing should look like in the end. In other words, God don't see all your brokenness. He sees the possibilities of what you shall become in the future. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the building that say, Pastor, I'm not good yet. I'm broken, but I know I'm not there yet. I'm going to stay in his hands, and I know that he looks at my possibilities instead of my brokenness. I want to say to you that when I look at you this morning, I don't see failure. I see a a possibility. I see a woman of God. I see a man of God. I see a preacher. I see a missionary. I see a victorious woman. I see a soul winner. I see a missionary. I don't see a piece of lump of clay that's sitting in the church pew this morning. I don't see drunkenness and porn. No, 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 no. I don't see broken marriages. I see healthy marriages. I see healthy people. I see strong people. I see men of God. I see women of God. I see Bible-quoting, believing people of God who is empowered by the Holy Spirit. I see possibilities. See possibilities. 
And you've got to change your perspective. I may have failed at things, but I'm not a failure. I have separated the issue from the person. And the devil wants to convince you that you are your issue. And I've come with a microphone to say it as loud as I can say it. You are not your issue. Come on, somebody. You may be so-and-so, and you may have an issue, but you are not the issue. <laughs> Hallelujah! I may struggle with things, but that struggle will not define me. That struggle will not define me. I may have some scars. But those scars don't define who I am. And every time I look at the scars on my life, it reminds me of where I was. Oh, look at the cross. Look at it. Look at the bloody, bruised man hanging on the cross. That man today sits on a throne, enthroned by the praises of millions of martyrs and saints of the ages. And as he sits on the throne this morning, his hands has scars on them. And his side has some scars on them. But those scars don't define him. Those scars tell us that he defeated the very thing that was supposed to kill him. And you may have some scars on your life today, but those scars were not meant, those scars were not meant to define you. They were to bring back remembrance to you that the very thing, the very thing that was supposed to kill me, the very addiction that was supposed to destroy me, there may be some scars in my life, but it shows me that I am not my issue any longer. I'm not my issue any longer. The Spirit of the Lord has come today. The Spirit has come. Told me to tell you, life is worth living. The Spirit has come to tell me that your scars will not define you. The Spirit has told me to tell you, stay in His hands. The Spirit has told me to tell you that he don't look at your failures. He sees your possibilities. And may Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, bless every person in this room. And by his authority, I bind, rebuke, and bring to no effect every addiction, every struggle, every issue. I bind it in the name of Jesus, and I say unto you, be joyful. I say unto you, come alive. I say unto you, live. I say unto you, lift up your head. I say unto you, be the person that God has called you to be.